One of the things that has been mentioned here, the increase in the income tax credit for single people. It's Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. Yesterday, a congressional subcommittee met to discuss the possibility of statehood for Washington, D.C., with one Republican arguing that it can't be a state because it doesn't have a car dealership, which is exactly why the founding fathers bought all of their cars in Virginia and made that a state instead. Lawyers for Trump elections conspirator Sidney Powell asked the court to dismiss Dominion Software's $1.3 billion defamation suit against her because, quote, reasonable people would not accept her statements as fact. This is actually true since you didn't hear anyone on January 6th say, hey, look at all those reasonable people storming the Capitol. Fox News spent zero time covering yesterday's mass shooting in Boulder, Colorado, and instead focused all of their coverage on issues at the southern border. Thankfully for all the Fox News reporters not in southwest Texas, the shooter has been identified to be of Muslim faith, so you'll finally get some airtime today. U.S. District Judge Allison Nathan denied Ghislaine Maxwell's third attempt to get released from jail prior to her trial for sex trafficking with the late Jeffrey Epstein. Now that Trump is out of office, Ghislaine has a reasonable chance of surviving prison to make it to her court date. The city of Boston has declared that Friday, March 26th, will be Leonard Nimoy Day. It's smart to do this now, during lockdown, before Bostonians can honor him with a pub crawl called Bar Trek. Drink long and prosper. The New Yorker ran a feature about how HGTV executives considered more controversial shows like Meth House Makeover and Neighbors from Hell to stay relevant amid com- competition from streaming services. Sure, because just like a neighborhood in decline, a struggling network should really add in some meth labs and bad neighbors to bring it back. Last night, Claudia Conway was eliminated from American Idol. Turns out being the untalented daughter of a political figure isn't enough to sustain a career in the media. Unless you're Meghan McCain. The Ellen DeGeneres show has lost over a million viewers since her toxic workplace reckoning and apology. So if you've recently noticed that you have more free time in the afternoons, that's probably why. Demi Lovato has called herself, quote, California sober as she still drinks and smokes weed despite having addiction issues. It's like being California gluten intolerant and that you are totally making it up to get attention and praise for doing essentially nothing to improve yourself. Last night, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon became the first late night show to bring back a live audience when the third place talk show allowed 58 people to attend the taping. Hey, bright side, Jimmy, you might not have anyone watching your show on TV, but now there's at least 58 people who can prove that you did it. Now, let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily cast and crew roundtable. Stay safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Yellow, and as always, I'm joined by some of my TMI Daily crew, and I also have Norman Maxwell Yellow joining us today. He'd like to wish everyone a happy National Puppy Day. So happy National Puppy Day from Norman.
Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to our TMI Daily Podcast. Let's start with you, Pete. I, I, I figured out earlier that there's 23 days in the month of March that have TH ending them uh, ending on the date. This is one of them that doesn't. Oh, interesting. Because <laughs> okay. I wanted to know. Hi, everyone <laughs> listening on Google Podcasts. And yes, it is National Puppy Day. It is also National Tamale Day. So happy National Tamale Day. It is also National Chia Day, National Chip and Dip Day, National Melba Toast Day, National Near Miss Day, National uh, AG Day, National 3D Day, and American Diabetes Association Alert Day. So everybody was gunning for March 23rd, and I don't know why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Danny. Hello, everybody. And we're talking boy bands today. So hello to all our awesome listeners all around the globe who are hanging tough with us today. I may be the new kid on the block, but I'm learning to get in sync with all these fellow panelists right here from the back street. And we'll bring it to you 98 degrees hot each and every time. And what time this afternoon did you think that one up, Danny? Uh, two minutes ago. <laughs> nice. Come on. Man, that really makes me want to zig a zig. Ah. Oh, wait, that's a girl band. Damn. Hey. <laughs> was that fire? No. It was good, though. Good fire, but it was good. I, I, I get tossed where you go. I had crit. <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? Happy uh, Tuesday. <clears throat> okay. So later on in the show, we're going to be joined by Tommy <clears throat> Mack, excuse me, and Eric Stretch from the Bad Boys of Pop. We're going to talk boy bands like Danny just mentioned, music, and their time as boy banders. Okay, so let's get started with tonight's show. Yesterday, a congressional subcommittee met to discuss the possibility for statehood for our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. It's an issue that seriously divides Democrats and Republicans. Who can tell me why that is? Um, let's start with you, Joe, and then we'll go to Pete. Um, well, because D.C. would uh, is would almost definitely fall under a blue state. So it would fall under the Democratic vote and when we time to vote for uh, the president and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Republicans don't want it. But we've been arguing about this since forever. I mean, if you if you <laughs> one of my favorite movies is all the president's men, man, they were arguing about it back then. So, hey, mm-hmm. hey, Pete. Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely um, I, I mean, for the political end of it, there there's obviously the cost to what it would what, what would happen to the Republican Party if um, Washington, D.C. all of a sudden had two senators uh, and then had more congre- congressional people and everything else. So, yeah, that's that's why it, from a political standpoint, uh, the, you know, the Republicans don't like it and why the Democrats love it. Uh, but there's obviously there's a lot of other things that like as we'll as we'll see as we go along that you know reasons why the people of Washington D.C. actually would like it uh, to happen. Okay, so D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser came in to testify in defense of granting D.C. statehood, and as expected, she got a lot of pushback from Republicans. Let's listen to her argument for why Washington D.C. should be a state. They say Washington, D.C. statehood is unconstitutional, even though constitutional experts have refuted this claim. Article 1 of the Constitution is not an obstacle. As H.R. 51 makes clear, a federal district will remain for the federal government, its buildings and its workings. And the rest of the area where people live will become the 51st state. 
They say Washington, D.C. is too small. Our economy is not diverse enough, even though we're bigger by population than two states and pay more per capita than any state. We pay more in total federal taxes than 22 states. They say Washington, D.C. can't take care of itself. This is simply not accurate. In fact, by many objective measures, D.C. is a better governed jurisdiction than most states. We have balanced our budgets for 25 times in the last 25 years. And we already operate as a state and perform the same functions as states do. You guys kind of answered my next question where I was going to ask, you know, how would this affect not just the people of D.C., but the country in general? Pete, you touched upon that a little bit. You know, Joe did too. Is there anything else you want to add? Well, I mean, the reality of it is, is that is that if Washington, D.C. became a state, um, a lot of things would change because one of the problems that Washington, D.C. has now is that they actually don't have any kind of um, court system that's just for the city of Washington or for this. Well, now it's because it's a city, uh, but for Washington, D.C., all of their courts are federal courts um, that are run by the federal government. Um, and because of that, if you commit a crime in Washington, D.C., you're, you're basically dealing with federal judges because there are no there, there are no like Washington judges, essentially, right. like like in another state. It's, it's also a situation where if Washington, D.C. becomes a state, um, it changes it changes how you know how much um, they pay into the government, because right now they're actually paying an, an exorbitant amount of money, like like Muriel Bowser was saying. They pay 22 um, that um, they, they pay more than 22 percent. I mean, 20, 22 other states. I'm sorry. Um, you know, as far as how much they pay into the government, plus they have the highest tax bracket in the, in the whole country. Um, it would probably change and they would actually pay less if they were if they became a state. In fact, one of the Republican Senate and congressmen essentially on on screen tried to bribe Muriel Browser by saying, so if we were basically to say to say, say to um to uh, Washington, D.C., if, if you guys uh, don't keep pushing for statehood, we will eliminate federal tax. Would you then agree to it? Um, because they're paying federal tax, but they have no, it's taxation without representation, you know, which is why we actually have a country in the first place. Right. Um, and Washington, D.C. just doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. So what Mayor Bowser probably wasn't expecting was a direction some GOP congressmen would take in order to explain why they thought D.C. should never be a state. Here is Georgia Representative Jody Heiss. Under this bill, D.C. would in fact become the first among states, which is exactly what our founders sought to avoid. D.C. would be the only state, the only state without an airport, without a car dealership, without a capital city, without a landfill, without even a name on, on its own, and we could go on and on and on. We said that D.C. would not have a car dealership, although, in fact, they actually do have a car yeah, dealership. Yeah, they had, a, they had to correct the record like an hour later because they do have a car dealership. <laughs> but that's a good argument. So my question, my next question to you guys is, do you think it was the founding fathers who put the dealership clause into the Constitution in regards to statehood? Where did that come from? Obviously, that was Ben Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> he threw that. He threw that in there. 
That's you know, ben, ben Franklin like likes a nice likes a nice fast sports car. So you know, they knew what they knew in the future after they. No, but this the but this fucking idiot like he actually said that that it can't be a state because it doesn't have an airport, which it technically does. They're right; it doesn't have an airport because Dulles is just outside Washington D.C. limits. But it doesn't have a landfill. It doesn't have and it doesn't have a. Um, it doesn't have a, a car dealership. Well, again, it does have a car dealership. So, really, the only reason why Washington can't be a state is because it doesn't have a landfill. Garbage in Washington. Where's that written down? All of these things that that's it's not. Exactly. It's not. See, that's that's the insane part about this. When when we go through this stuff, you you know, it's like stuff. I I could have pulled clips for like two hours uh, today of just of just people talking like one one of the uh, one of their arguments and, and it's one of, again another one of those arguments is really easy to beat is that the constitution would have to change because Washington D, parts of Washington DC are technically owned by either Virginia or Maryland which is also not true uh, because in the early um, uh, uh, 1900s they settled the land dis- dispute over who who owned what and Washington DC has its own proprietorship over the land and so then now their then their argument is well, okay well well then then the uh, the founding fathers ne- um, said that the uh, federal government has to have a capital now you're taking the capital away you're making it a state and they say no 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 what we'll do is we'll just shrink the capital so now it'll be only two miles wide as opposed to the whole sure. city of Washington D.C. oh but that's not good enough because then one of the Congress people said well you know if you do this what happens if California decides they want to split up into three parts and be three different states which is a common threat that Republicans use every every few years because you know um, California is such a, um, a liberal state that they keep saying oh parts of the state are gonna are gonna want to become their own state so they can have you know so it can be part Republican and part Democrat which is always a, an excuse that's never yeah but happen. the Republicans would win one of those three yeah of course but, <laughs> but again it's just it's just one of those threats that'll never happen but they you know that when, too. when, when Georgia true. became a state I don't think that they had a landfill or an airport or a car dealership either I mean, you know, just pointed that out one thing I can be certain of is the 13 first state the first 13 states didn't have a landfill or an airport or a car, car dealership, dealership. Wait, I'm so fucking certain of that so the the airport is it Dulles where Dulles. is that because I, I, I it's, it's in Virginia, but it's, oh, but it's like Virginia. It's okay. like right on the border of Virginia and Washington yeah. D.C. It really yeah. is. So if that's the I case, mean, then let Puerto Rico become a state. They have a landfill. I mean, I mean, they have well, an see, airport. They have an airport. Yeah, they're not going to want to do that either because they're also going to vote blue. The, the Republicans are actually building all the all the okay. arguments that Democrats can now use to to make Puerto Rico a state because right. exactly what Danny just said. Like they're actually putting all the things out there that what what are they going to say next? I mean, yeah, Puerto Rico's got all those things. Yeah. Um. So there's the argument that DC has too small of a population to be a state with 700,000 residents, although Vermont and Wyoming actually have less, I'm sorry, have less, and three other states have about the same. The argument doesn't bother Arizona Congressman Paul Gozar. Let's watch. So now, just going back to the size of uh, the city, you said it's about 700,000. Do you think uh, that the size of Paris at the time that, that we considered this district uh, was taking into consideration for the design of uh, the district. What was the size of Paris in, in the eighteen in the eighteen oh one? I'm not I'm not sure what the size of Paris was in eighteen oh one. It was about six hundred and thirty thousand. So I think they took that well into consideration. 
explain to me what does the size of Paris in 1801 have to do with it? You got to put this in context. This is the same asshole whose family told people not to vote for him because he was this big an asshole in Arizona. Um, Yeah, I I, I was trying to to look it up to see if there was any correlation between 1801 when when I guess uh, Washington, D.C. became the capital of the United States and Paris, but there is none. Um, so I don't know, but I think he's trying to say is why isn't Paris its own, its, its own country or something? I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. Well, uh, no, what is their obsession with Paris? Because when we did the Accords too, they went bananas about the Paris as well too. These guys don't know nothing about their geography. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's like this I guy mean, literally probably spent a couple of hours the other day trying to figure out a gotcha question. He was like, wait a second. Paris only had 630,000 I mean, people. We only want to make DC a state. Monaco, uh, you know, Monaco is its own country. And that's yeah. really, that's really just a city. So is uh, uh, Liechtenstein, right? Yeah. But that's yeah. also a, just a city. That's its own country. Those are, they're their own country. So yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. crazy that this article. is the argument because like, they're literally, like, especially somebody coming from Texas, there are literally towns in that fucking state that are considered cities. And literally there's two stoplights and you're out of the, 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 the city of whatever, you know what I mean? So it's insane that we're using population as a reason not to state, you know, give them statehood. It just seems like they're also getting desperate. Like they're just trying. I mean, now right. they're in a Paris. Just grasping at straws. But it's, it's funny. In 1412. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, what you got to go say, though, is that Muriel Bra- Bowser definitely, definitely handled herself because under some circumstances, somebody would have said, What the fuck does Paris have to do with this? I mean, and you're gonna need. Know. I mean, yeah. you're gonna need a, a a major majority for this anyway, so it's still not gonna go through, right? Yeah, but again, see, that's the thing, though. This is this is all part of that plan. Let, let's put all this stuff into the Senate, and then when none of it gets passed, then you force Biden's hands and make them force out the uh, the the uh, filibuster. I mean, that's that's what I mean. What what they were basically doing. I mean, like to, again, sadly as as sad as yesterday was with the with the, with the shootings in uh, in Colorado, they're going to pass another bill um, on gun reform. Well, they just did pass a bill on gun reform that's in that's dead in the Senate. And they're going to pass more. And what's going to happen is they're just going to sit there and, and, and it's just they're going to accumulate enough that that the 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 more liberal wing of the, the Democratic Party are going to finally say, look, we're not going to push for any more of Biden's agendas unless he does this. I mean, they already kind of did that today. Uh, a bunch of, um, of um, Democrats today came out and said they won't approve any more any more people for um, for, for Biden's administration unless he puts a Pacific Islander um, if he not unless he nominates a Pacific Islander so and that's Democrats doing it so yeah so they're testing to see how far they can go before they tell them say look we're not gonna do anything else until you get rid of the filibuster so Pete I know you mentioned this earlier but residents of Washington DC do pay the highest tax rate in the United States and they also contribute to more than 22 other states in the federal budget like again like you just mentioned But why should that even matter to Georgia Congressman Glenn Grothman? Let's take a look. Um, I have a good friend and he talks about the, you know, what it takes to build a good economy. And he says, we either have to manufacture it, we have to grow it, or we have to mine it. Of course, you can milk it too. I guess what he's saying is wealth is created by manufacturing agriculture or natural minerals. Um, and those are things that I think every state has in some degree. Um, I, I'd like to ask anyone up there 
if they have an idea as far as the number of manufacturing jobs in Washington, D.C., I mean, usually with a big city, Milwaukee, Chicago, it's substantial. Uh, talk a little bit about the agriculture in Washington, D.C., and talk about the mining or drilling in Washington, D.C., all three of which have to be very tiny compared to that what we get in a normal state. Guys, what not having mines in D.C. has to do with its statehood. I also want to play something else you might recently remember this man, Representative Grothman, saying. One of the things that hasn't been mentioned here, the increase in the earned income tax credit for single people has a marriage penalty in it. I, br I bring it up because I know the strength that Black Lives Matter had in this last election. I know it's a group that it doesn't like the old-fashioned family. that Black Lives Matter doesn't believe in traditional families, and that actually brings us to one of the main reasons Republicans don't want to see D.C. become a state. Can someone tell me why? Let me go to you, Pete, first, and then I'm going to go to Joe. It has everything to do with what, he's, what he was saying um, there. Um, Washington, D.C. is 47% Black. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, uh, the, the city has has a higher African-American population than it has any other any other race um, in the city, uh, significantly more, actually. Uh, and if you if, if it were to become a state, it would be a state that was run and controlled by by predominantly African-Americans. And Republicans just know that that's never going to win them elections. So, I mean, it's it's obvious and it's funny because he's a congressman from Georgia in a state that, that, that the African-American population in Georgia voted out everybody who was in charge in Georgia, um, you know, this this past election and also put uh, Biden over the top. So I think the fear that they have just kind of shows even more now because I look, when you give black people the chance to vote, this is what will happen to you. And, and they, and they now realize it. Joe. You know, he's mentioning about, Oh, the mining and the farming and the and all stuff like that. Uh, when I guess when it's relating to uh, as far as the economy and jobs, yeah, all these efforts work there. They work in Washington, D.C., so they have a job there. They should know what's going on. That This is a, like they just look stupid because they, they work there. And they have a place there when they're not back in their home state, right, when they're when they're working in the Congress and the Senate. So they know exactly what's going on in that city. So they just look like idiots by saying this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think what's even more disgusting is like what Pete was just mentioning about this guy what he said about Black Lives Matter and traditional family values, they know exactly what they're doing. And it's like they're doing like the wink wink to them. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's even more vile and more disgusting that they're doing this, knowing exactly what they're trying to communicate to their people and what they're trying to, and, and hoping that with all these fear tactics that they use, because I, again, I don't know where the fear is, but they're trying to scare people off, yeah. you know, that they're actually, you know, Doing, I mean, it, it's disgusting. It's well, absolutely disgusting. It's the, it's the age old tactic of, like you said, fear, but it's like not necessarily a uh, 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 fear in like in the sense of like being afraid of a certain group of people, but just uh, the idea of, of they're going to lose something, putting that fear in them that that something is going to be lost if, if yeah. this thing passes. That's that's. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the, the argument. Thing. The argument they should be making is how much money is going to cost us to replace all them damn flags. 
but you know what's funny is that um, that's a good question. That's a good that, uh, <laughs> that a, a contingency from uh, from um, Alaska uh, came to Washington earlier this this year with a flag that they gave to uh, uh, Lisa Murkowski, the senator from Washington uh, from Alaska, that had fifty one flags on it to tell her that she should vote in favor of of uh, making Washington D.C. a state. So, I mean, there is there is definitely some support in the idea of it happening. It's just that, you know, Republicans will never if it's within their power, they'll never let it happen. And and the problem for them, honestly, is if you get rid of the filibuster and then make Washington, D.C. a state, Republicans will never get back into power. So because they'll never get back into power, they'll never have the the, the ability to then, you know, enjoy the freedom of, of being able to uh, vote without a filibuster like like Democrats could do if this happens. And and again, it's to me, I think it's only a matter of time before Biden's forced into a corner where he has to do it, regardless of whether it's a good idea or not. Or have someone go on Reddit uh, or, 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 or Q, the Q thing and say that Trump will become president if D.C. gets voted as a state. And then everyone will be behind it. So you, you use it, manipulate it. So the House will almost definitely pass a new resolution to make Washington, D.C. a state, as they did in the last Congress. What hurdles would it then face in the Senate? So I know, again, we've been talking a little bit about this. But do you guys, I guess my final question is, do you see Washington, D.C. becoming a state or not? Like, how is this all going to play out? I think it will. I think we'll, I think there's going to be a because like the, first of all, the argument for it not becoming a state is wild weak. Like it's super weak. There's nothing. There's no real leg for them to stand on. So it's just going to be a, a matter of the right people voting for the statehood of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Joe, and then I'll go to Pete. I mean, we we even talked about this. Yeah, it'll go it'll go through the House, but then the Senate it's it's just going to get totally blocked in the Senate. As a matter of fact, they should just get to keep Matumbo in a Washington Wizards jersey to block it and go. No, 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 no. Need him. Need him. Need him now. You don't think it's ever going to become a state? I think it will, but we're going to have to. I mean, we're going to have to wait at least two years or whatnot to see how uh, uh, the voting you know sorts out. Because right now, with the way the system's set up, we're not going to get it. Yeah, so. not anytime soon. No, 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 definitely not. Pete? Well, I mean, I mean, the reality of it is that they would have to go through a bunch of uh, of things first to get past it because the, the Republicans are going to keep fighting this idea that, that you have to change the Constitution in order to do it because there's two clauses in the Constitution that they claim would have to be amended in order to do it, and that's always a lot more work than, than just passing a bill to do something. Um, one being, again, the, the, in, the, in the Constitution where it says that, that Washington, D.C. is the capital of the United States. Well, Again, the Capitol can be part of of Washington, D.C. It doesn't have to actually be the whole city of Washington, D.C. And there's scholars that say that that's that that's completely constitutional. And the second thing being the land ownership thing, uh, because they say that no state can uh, can can be derived from another state unless the first state approves it. Well, here's the thing. Virginia had at one point owned part of Washington, D.C., they no longer do. But even if they did, guess guess what state's a blue state right now? Virginia. So if Virginia did still own any portion of Washington, D.C., they could cede the land back to Washington, D.C. and say, hey, it's your land. You could do what you want with it. So both of those arguments, they got they can get passed really easily. But again, then you hit the 60 vote mark um, to, to, to get by the filibuster and that won't happen the way it is right now. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I do think that within the next two years, 
one of two things is going to happen. Either um, Biden's going to, like I said, get pushed into a corner where he has to do something and, and tells the Democrats, go ahead and, and, and knock out the filibuster. Or um, two years from now, you know, the economy's better because we have no more COVID. People are not sick anymore. You know, life's gone back to normal. And because most people are, you know, essentially ferrets who, will do, you know, who, who don't remember two seconds earlier, they'll say, hey, life's good. Let's keep voting for Democrats. And two years from now, Democrats get a couple more seats in the Senate. And then all of a sudden um, they don't need like uh, to, 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 you know, some of the on the fence senators who were saying that they, that they won't vote to, to get rid of the filibuster and they'll have a, a majority of senators in order to do it. So one of those two things will happen. And if that happens, yeah, Washington, D.C. becomes a state. And once Washington, D.C. becomes a state, Puerto Rico should start getting their uh, their new driver's licenses because they'll go, they'll get pushed in for really quickly afterwards, I think. Yeah. And that, you think that's part of the fear of making Washington, D.C. a state is the fact that, uh, you know, they could become a state as well? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I you know, I, I think, I think that when you start, when, 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 down, when Republicans go to sleep at night, they have two dreams, um, two, two nightmares. One that, okay. that black, that one, one that black people are, are, are making decisions that actually would affect how they can, you know, whether or not they can keep their job, and two that Hispanics are. So yeah, yeah that's those are the two worst <laughs> scenarios for. For, for Republican politicians right now. Yeah. Strangely enough, they don't have a lot of either, you know, in their ranks. That's that's really funny. That's true. Well, and I, <laughs> I think it also has to go, you know, be with like the lack of information and the misinformation. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just to, you know, use this as an example. Last night, you know, we were watching the horrific, you know, coverage of, mm-hmm. you know, what happened in Boulder after the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just switched over to Fox News just for the heck of it. To see, you know, because we, again, I like to see how every single news outlet, you know, reports the news. Would you believe that they weren't covering it? Like they, 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 they you know, Laura Ingram was on, uh, Sean Hannity was on, nothing. And they didn't post anything on their social media till about like three or four hours after that. Yeah, they, so they, people they never wa- that watch Fox News and just Fox News only. They didn't cover it. They didn't cover it while it was still going on. While it was still, you know, because the problem is if, if, if it had been like a, just a regular white guy shooting up that market, it doesn't really work well for their narrative. Thankfully the guy, the guy's family came from Syria. So now they're talking all night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it had been an illegal, if it had been, you know, that would have been, they would have been covered right away. That would have been Christmas. And I hate to be that way, but that's so true. I mean, it was absolutely disgusting that they, it was just like, oh, they were just going about their day. They were just report. Oh, but they were talking about what Joe Biden did wrong. So they had uh, time to do that, but they were, there was, there was no coverage at all whatsoever. So again, but for anybody who wants to say like, oh, well, you know, you just watch CNN or no, you know what? Fox News is very responsible for a lot of the misinformation and the lack of information that, you know, it's scare tactics that these people use. Just, yeah. just, just to uh, reiterate, it was Fox News that was being thankful. So, uh, uh, yeah, that, that, it didn't sound quite right. So, I wanted to correct that. So, people know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, wow. that's true. But they should have been covering. Well, you know, because that's another thing too. Like, you know, Fox News is mostly geared towards people who vote red, and mm-hmm. you know, gun laws are a big thing. So, anything that makes gun laws. Uh, or that could bring more uh, conversation about like, you know, restricting gun laws or anything of that nature, they're going to avoid because it doesn't fit the narrative of their party. Yeah. So this, so this is TMI daily. So we just talked about, you know, DC statehood. We talked a little bit about gun laws and now we're going to talk boy bands. Yeah, baby. That's what we do. 
So when most people think of boy bands, they usually think of good-looking late teen to mid-20-year-olds who can sing, dance, and are experts in marketing themselves for their mostly young teen audience. While our guests tonight, Tommy Mack and Eric Stretch, were two of those guys in the late 90s and early 2000s with their boy band, No Authority, was signed to Madonna's record label, Maverick. Now they host a podcast called The Bad Boys of Pop, in which they talk current events, and I'm sure once in a while they probably talk pop as well. Please welcome our guests, Tommy and Eric. Hi guys, how are you guys doing? hey Uh-oh, all right, I see how it's going to be. All right, Veronica, thank you, uh, thank you for having us. Thank you guys so much for coming on. <laughs> so like I told you, Tommy, I am a boy bander, and I was really excited to talk to you guys. And all the guys on screen here, I think they're boy banders too. So, well, that's why that's us. Loki, rocking the glasses, got the hoodie, you know, and lots of these poses, lots of pointing. Yeah, there you go. No reason. There. Pointing for no reason. Pointing, framing. You know, I've been east and I've been west, even all around the world. What's up? Daddy, you are just, you're doing it tonight. <laughs> Getting it. You know. So guys, before we start, I have a couple questions for you, and then I'm going to open it up to the panel, and we have a fun game to end tonight's show. Uh-oh. First Great. about this podcast, The Bad Boys of Pop, and why you decided to do it. Okay. All right. So, uh, Eric, do you want me to take this? I want you to take this, Tommy. Okay. All we right. had media um, training back in the day. You take this question. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Eric and I have a bunch of friends in the business and, um, you know, obviously some are actors, some are musicians. And, um, there was an opportunity that started and I'm going to give you kind of the whole story, but in, in, in as much of a nutshell as I can. So it started out as the real showcast, which was more of a sit down face to face kind of thing at the, at the public access station. We were way you know, pre COVID way. We, right. We had people driving out to Monrovia, California. We had Jojo from kiss, like, you know, Jojo on the radio. We, I mean, we had like people coming out, spending their time to go do. And it was, while it was so much fun, uh, COVID actually kind of made us take a step back and look at how we were doing it. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad that we, we, we went through, we spoke with a friend of ours, kind of went through a little bit of a rebranding, uh, to which we landed on the bad boys of pop. It was going to be the princes of pop because we were assigned to the, the king of pop, the queen of pop. We toured with the princess of pop. We were going to be the princes of pop, but from a branding standpoint, that could be confused. So decided to go with the bad boys of pop. This is alive and well. And as you know, it's a lot easier uh, to ask someone to come hang out with you from the comfort of their own home mm-hmm. than it is to have them drive to you. So it's true. Uh, I, I think it was a good move, but yeah, we, we really just go out there and our goal is to let people uh, kind of catch up with us. But on top of that, keep people on top of the entertainment uh, news, have some fun with trivia and really just give folks a place, a, a safe space to come and hang out and, and forget about the worries of the day. Cause God knows we have enough of them. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Actually. So yeah. So you were also part of the boy band, no authority. Can you tell us about that time and how you got started in the band? Tell us, what do you want to share about that time and with us? I will take this one, Tommy. <laughs> um, hi, guys. Hello. What's up? Um, hey. So uh, I, this band started in 1992, and I was 12, year, 12 years old. And it went till uh, 2002, so I was 22 years old. So it was 10 years. 
And um, the the band got started. I I was a young dancer, actor, kid in Southern California, and it was put together. And, um, but uh, when they were trying to put together this band, all of the the guys that were there, you know, considering have already known each other. There's, there was four or five of us that already knew each other. So that's how it was put together. And then we just, uh, we rehearsed, 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 tried to find our sound for like two or three years, but we were fetuses. We were children. So we'd only do it like once a week. And then, um, we put together a demo tape. Michael Jackson found this demo tape and uh, signed us to his record label. And, um, and that was in 1996. So that was when I was about 16 years old. And like then, he was just walking on the beach and he was like, oh, what's this? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> found, found the tape. Oh, there it is. It's an opportunity. Let's take it. <laughs> uh, and then, um, yeah. So then, but we were treated like a rock band because in 1996, boy bands were not like a thing yet. So we were treated like a rock band. So they would just like, had us touring, performing in bars, like random places that we should not have been performing whatsoever. Oh my God. And then the boy band craze kind of became a thing in 1997, 1998. And then that's when we did our second album. And that's when we got Tommy to join us. And um, so, it's, yeah, that's, I, I feel like No Authority's journey was reversed. Like their first album was super R&B and our second album was super pop where the other boy bands was vice versa. Yeah. And, and the album names too, you know, the first, the first album was called keep on, which is definitely a second album name. And the second album, <laughs> and, and, and the second album was self-titled was self-titled. No authority, no authority. So it's weird. It's like, we w- went through some kind of weird, I don't know, reverse time. Drive. I've always, I've always felt like my career personally and like no authority. It's always kind of went in reverse in a sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Weird time. <laughs> so does it ever bother you guys to be labeled as a boy bander? How do you oh, feel no. about that term? No. Like right. <laughs> not, not at all. Can I not curse? I apologize. Yeah, you can curse. Fuck oh, no. You're in a boy band, Eric. <laughs> You're in a boy band. You have no authority to curse. All right. If I point and say it, fuck no. Now you can. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So your audience then is mostly women from 30 to 45 based on the notes that, that you guys sent me. Um, would that be a lot of your fan base that you had when you were in no authority? And also, do you have any crazy fan stories? I love to hear crazy fan stories. Or do. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think you, you hit about on the head as far as the demographic. Um, it could skew actually even a little older than that, I think. But uh, oh, yeah, no, it was more. Sorry, Tommy. It, it was more about like, the parents of the right, 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 right. So, so yeah, it's it's it, it, it's a little bit bigger than than I, I think we even realized at the time. But um, as far as crazy stories, uh, I have a couple that immediately come to mind. Like there's there was one where um, someone asked me if they could step on my shoe, and I was just like, "Why do you want to step on my?" And you know, these are new Reeboks, new new kicks. I don't want to step. So I was like, "I mean, if you really want to, I." Get, so I just turned my foot sideways and let her step on the rubber, rubber part. You know, I mean, whatever. Step on the shoe. Want to step on the shoe. Uh, somebody handed me some gum, asked me to chew it, then asked for it back. Oh. <laughs> what I, I, I did. That's I actually not that weird. There's, there's, a, there's a clone of you right now in Omaha, Nebraska. Right. I want you also to know. <laughs> had, I known, had I known what was going to happen, I probably wouldn't have done it. But by the time it was in my mouth and it was already chewed, I was so committed. I was like, okay, I, <laughs> sure. Here you go. You know? <laughs> Um, I think I think for me one of the, the biggest things was 
was having somebody tattoo our brands on their bodies and also our signatures. I was like, wow. like we haven't even gone, we haven't even gone platinum yet. Like, like calm down. Like, like that <laughs> me the commitment that they had yeah. as teenagers that wanted to actually brand us on their bodies. That to me was, was pretty insane. And, yes. uh, and to be honest, like they don't like we've talked to these particular fans um, recently and they don't regret it at all because it was a part of their life. And I think that's something that's really special. Going back to the, the boy band question, like saying that you're in a boy band, like like I'm so proud of that because what we represented was a really wonderful, safe space for young teenagers to go experience touring and concerts and then having something that is so innocent but you think it's so scandalous at the same time, like having a crush on a boy been following them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was like, I, I feel like that's something that I'm very proud of that they experienced that we were, that we were um, the reason why. And we kind of, we kind of provide that same space now. We just don't have as many people there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. We're doing the same thing. Yeah, trust me, I totally understand what you're saying about the whole safe space and whatnot. And just, you know, being so I mean, I'm a huge, huge New Kids on the Block fan for over 30 years. I'm hello, I'm wearing their shirt. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I do the cruises. I do, you know, I mean, I'm all in. I've been all in for over 30 years. So I definitely and that's not a, like the whole tattoo thing that I see that so much, even with women in like their mid 40s and 50s that are still getting tattoos now with sure. their signatures on it. So Which that's, is, yeah, that, that is pretty common. It, <laughs> it just represents like a, a time in somebody else's life and the fact that we could be a part of it and be something that's like yeah. a, a joyful yeah. moment, then that's, that's totally worth it. And, and, and tr- true story, the first album I ever bought was New Kids, was New Kids on the Block album. First concert I ever went to was New Kids, right? So I remember being seven years old, standing up on the coffee table, watching the commercials for New Kids album and singing, you know, please don't go girl, like singing along with the thing. And, and, uh, and then 11 years later, there I am uh, on stage in front of, you know, 35, 40,000 people with my own boy band. And um, it was just, you know, it's crazy how life works. And, yeah. and, now, and now we're here with you guys. We've been trying to get Wahlberg. On, he, he is for sure a bad boy of pop. We've been trying to get Donnie Wahlberg on for a little bit. So if that happens, I'll let you know, Veronica. So that, oh, uh, yeah, you know. yeah. Don, yes. And Don, he's a sweetheart. <laughs> he's a very uh, nice guy. I'm sure to- be able to totally him. awesome guy. <laughs> so what, so why do you guys think that certain boy bands have reached higher levels of success through pop music history than other boy bands when the formula and products are also similar? What do you think it is? Is it, diff- is it marketing? Is it social what media? Mm-hmm. Well, but even before though, social right, media though. Right, 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 right. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? So Eric, I I can kind of start this if you want to follow up kind of with the social media bit. Um, It's, it absolutely has everything to do with, with your team. If you, if the team behind you isn't making the right moves, it doesn't matter how many hours a day you're out there signing autographs, taking pictures, performing, how many cities you're going to, you know, in a week, it doesn't, you can do that all day long, but if the team's not there behind you making the right moves, then, uh, it's not going to happen, you know, and, and we kind of fell on this little weird technology black hole where people started to download music and, uh, and not pay for it, but before the social media was a thing. Right. So, so labels were terrified. They were terrified. They didn't know what to do. This is before 360 deals. 
they were trying to figure it out. So what happened, a lot of, a lot of people would kind of fall by the wayside or not get the money they should have had uh, to promote. And so we, you saw a lot of groups disappear. Um, but, but now, now, you know, you've got so many, you, you, you've got Instagram where, so for example, <clears throat> just to kind of like put, wrap that story up into a little, you know, with a little bow, we had the number one visited site on Sony. And it was our fans coming, hanging out, chatting, telling stories, arguing sometimes with each other, you know. Uh, and and so when we found out that they weren't exercising the next option over there, at that point, we were signed on Maverick, right, with Madonna. But when we found out they weren't exercising that next option, uh, there was no way for us to say, all right, fans, here's what's next. Come along with us. There was no vehicle to do that, right? So you've got these millions, tens of millions of dollars that have been spent over the years uh, for this product that is the group, but there's no way to move that forward and nobody knew how to do it. So everything just kind of went, right? Whereas now you can start a social media page and you don't need to be in a boy band. You can, you can just be interesting. You can be lucky and uh, charismatic and create this following and turn that into a career. So, so it's really interesting how um, uh, uh, something so small as a technical technological shift or, or as someone missing a step can affect a career or, or lives of so many people uh, for decades to come. Mm-hmm. Okay, Eric, did you want to add anything to that? No. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I have one final question. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Sorry. You said no. I, I, just going back to what Tommy was saying, it's about, it's about the team. And, you know, I feel like uh, people are so scared to take a risk. You know, they're so scared to take finance because it is a lot of money. Like when no yeah. authority ended, um, the, the reason we got dropped from our record label and we were still like $2.5 million in debt, you know, just from like, or something like, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but like something like ridiculous, like there was so much money spent and, on you know, that. Yeah. It, it's called show business. It is a business, you know, so, um, like, I feel like when the band started, it was a risk to do the type of music that we were doing that was R&B, that was, like, you know, younger when, like, there was nothing else there. That risk actually sort of paid off. But when somebody else is more successful, then other companies and businesses are not willing to take that risk. But I feel like the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. But that's really difficult to say to somebody that's paying for it. So Veronica, if I can do, just give me like, maybe like one minute here, if that's okay. I just want to kind of like of course, put, put yeah. a button on that. Um, so for example, our A&R at MJJ at Sony, um, we had, can I get your number out there on the radio at all the, all the top 40 stations? Um, and it was doing well, but it was, you know, we needed to give us some more legs. So I wanted to kind of cross it over to more of the rhythmic, right? Like, like the power, the beat, the, you know, things like that. We did a remix. I went with, with Lazy Bone. We had a, we, we've got a remix of Can I Get Your Number where I'm rapping with Lazy. And th- I mean, this thing was hot. Like Lazy's like, yo, play me that. You know, like th- it was hot. Um, but the A&R was like, ah, hip hop and pop, that'll never work. That'll never cross over, <laughs> never work. Uh, but That's then Ma- Maverick bought us and, and we're like, okay, new A&R, new chance. The A&R said the same thing. It won't work, won't work. Guess what? Three weeks, uh, three weeks later, after they turned that down, they said, no, NSYNC and Nelly came out with Girlfriend. And I was, oh, and, and I was like, I told, I told y'all, 
I told you. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I meant about having a team behind you yeah. that mm-hmm. believes in you and in what you're doing. That is so true. Yeah. And that's a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. People are too scared to take chances. They don't want to lose their jobs. But, but, you, but you know what? It's the pioneers that move forward, that make the big money and that have the longevity. Those people now, I bet they probably dropped off. I don't yeah, but that, I, I think that's that's in all of entertainment. We see that as well, too, with TV movies and stuff like that. The yeah. problem is, is that the majority of people running it are people that are afraid to lose their job and take a mm-hmm. risk. That's yes. the problem. It's the risk takers that, uh, that go on the limb and then they end up becoming huge. And then everyone else is like, oh, we got to do what that guy did. And it's like, yeah, but you're not. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I have one final question before I open it up to everyone else. Um, K-pop thoughts on K-pop. Love it. Hate it. Don't get it. What are your thoughts? Make perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. They're, 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 they're manufactured. They are, they have a team, they have finance, they have people that can, you know, create this package. And then they have all of these people from all over the world that they can mold and they can make. And that is a safe product because mm-hmm. it is it, it is within their community and also going away from the business side it's fun mm-hmm. why not it's like k-pop is it, it's it's just it's fun it is it is uh it's it's safe yeah and mm-hmm. um and i i love i love a good dance beat and yeah. it's and it's it's one of the easiest things i've ever written I went into a studio with a K-pop producer who's a buddy of mine and we're writing this song for, uh, there were a couple of projects in mind. Anyway, we're writing and literally I was standing next to him and, and there's a microphone and we're just kind of singing bits and pieces as we go. And I'm like, well, I don't really, I don't love this line. Right. So usually I'll sit down, I'll write, I'll, I'll think, I'll, you know, really make it make sense. He's like, it doesn't have to make sense. It's going to be translated. It's just, the melody has to sound good. And as long as you have one or two sentences, one or two little hooks, that's all, that's all that's needed for a K-pop song. You just, and in most songs, obviously you need the hooks, but, but when you're writing and it's all in English, it needs to make sense. Right. Yeah. But, but what you're doing the K-pop, like all you need is one thing that someone that may not know the language very well can just rattle off and sing along to. Right. So the yeah. simpli- the simplicity of it, it speaks to the, the pop world. And I mean, <laughs> like it's always been so this is just like the next uh step in the evolution of of pop i think yeah i guess like for me you know like like i was saying a combination of like when i think of a boy band i think of a little bit of everything it's the music it's the guys you know it's this it's that and like bts the other day pete who's my husband on screen he was playing some bts not because he just listens to BTS, but just because it was for the show. Anyways, yeah, he and he played it. And I was like, wow, that's really good. He's like, yeah, he goes, I caught myself the other day, like, you know, moving along to it. But I looked at the guys from BTS and they look like little boys. Like, I just, I can't see Four like the sex appeal, you know, <laughs> for them. And to me, when I think of boy bands, I think of that too. I mean, you know, the good looking guys and the music. And I guess that's the part that I just don't seem to understand. But their music, I have to admit, uh, that was it was really good what we listened to the other day so i guess you know there's a taste for everything yeah, yeah so okay let's open it up to the panel any questions uh let's start with you pete hey guys thanks so much for joining us i mean it's really interesting your perspective on this kind of stuff because we we talk so much about this kind of uh 
this phenomenon, like the boy band phenomenon, pop music in general. But uh, I'm, I'm wondering, now, when, when you're in the middle of all this and, and your record's out and you've got fans and you're, and you're playing in front of big audiences, is there ever any thought in the back of your head, well, the, the shelf life of boy bands usually is roughly five years or so, let's say. I, I should make as much money as I possibly can now because I know this ride's not going to last forever. Or, or is there, or is there that thought out there? No, we're going to be the ones that are going to be around for, you know, for the next twenty years. Like, how does that, how does that work? And you know, when you're, when you're right in the middle of it. Um, well, I'll, I'll start because um, I was told at a very young age that I was going to be a huge megastar. That like I was going to never have to work again. I was going to be so rich and so wealthy and so successful. Uh, so I had that idea in my head for a really, really long time. But I also have a very strong family and I have really, really great supportive parents. So I also knew that this was not going to be forever. So I, it was kind of like a fight with me with because like when things weren't happening the way that we were told they were going to happen, we were like, but why not? And also I'm a fetus. I'm like. 16, 17. So I remember like about like when Tommy came and joined and, and like when like North Authority had the, the biggest success, I remember being on a stage and, and performing in front of thousands and thousands of people and being like, do not forget this. Do not take this for granted because this is not normal. This is not normal. And like- Was that Jones Beach? It happened a few times, but yes, oh. like specifically, yeah, Jones Beach was one of them. Yeah. Uh, but like there was times when, you know, when it was just like when you know as a human being that this type of energy and this type of attention that you're getting doesn't happen to everybody. So, I mean, I took those moments and I did not take those moments for granted. But also at the same time, you know, one of one of the craziest days that No Authority had was we were at Jones Beach performing and in front of what like twenty thousand people, thirty thousand people, and they were all there. Like most of them knew, knew who we were, so we weren't opening up for somebody. They were there for us, which was incredible. We flew on a private plane to go to what was it? I think it was Seattle, Washington. To what? Well, I think I think we, I think we went to Galveston first. Well, Tommy, I'm trying to like do some cliff notes here. So just whatever. We're on a freaking time limit. Right. Okay. Fine. We stopped in Galveston. We did a show. <laughs> Galveston. <laughs> whatever. And then we flew to Seattle, but this was all privately. We had to fly privately because like it just the time frame. And then after like, literally we got off the plane, went to the stage, got our microphones performed, then changed in a van, went to the airport, and then we were flying on Southwest on our own dime, and we all had middle seats, and didn't sleep for probably 24 hours, flew to Chicago to do the morning show in Chicago, stayed in like a Motel 6, and then the next day we stayed in like Four Seasons. So (laughs) it it just, it, it didn't make sense. Like, it was like, what, how, like, I was the, the dichotomy, that, right? Right. Yeah. Of it all. So whenever things at that point, whenever things went right, and whenever things were like fucking awesome, I tried to remember those things as much as possible because so many things did not make sense. Sorry, <laughs> Tommy, go ahead. Cool. Okay. You've Tommy, said it all. 
You said, you said, I mean, yes. That's a mic drop. We were, we were making money for, for, for a lot of people. Um, unfortunately, that money didn't, didn't necessarily flow our way the way that it should have. Uh, but, but the things that, that we experienced, the things that we learned, the people that we met, the relationships we made, um, there's really nothing uh, more valuable than that. Like you really, that moment, like Eric said, the moment I remember being on that stage in Jones Beach with the fall, like the lights, the, 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 every, you know, I, just when you're in that moment and you see the fans and the flashes, you're just like, how the hell did I, how did I get here? Like what, like they're all looking direct. Like if I mess, if, if, if I fart right now, they're not going to hear it, but I'm going to know it. And I'm going to laugh. I don't think that ever happened. Eric might have. And, and I would smell it. Eric would smell it. Yeah. Um, but, but just that moment, but like, like why, how did I, what do I, what did I do to, to deserve being here? Right. So a lot of it's luck. A lot of it's uh, uh, hard work, obviously being in the right place at the right time. And then, um, and then just being a good person, I think is really the, 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 the most important thing. Um, you got to be creative. You got to, you got to kind of look to the future. But I think if you're a good person, uh, people are going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to maintain the relationship. They're going to come back to you in 10 years and, and sit down on your podcast in 20 years. They're going to come, they're going to come hang out. They're going to come to your show. You know, um, if, if you're not a good person, they're not going to do that. They're going to be like, you know what? I, I'm busy that day. I, 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 I no, Right. I mean, why would you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, the experiences, uh, really, outweighed the 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 financial gain i think for for all of us collectively um as far as no authority goes anyway but the things that we gained eric's like whoa well dude <laughs> i know you we have the bad boys of pop mic drop Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Right, um i think something fascinating about k-pop now uh the koreans have 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 always been in, in this, I think of culture and society when have always been those guys that take an idea that America's pretty much ruined and turned it around on them and then gave it back to them as something completely new. And then everybody wanted it. I mean, you look at the auto industry and you know, America wouldn't change with the cars and Korea came along and now look at how they're doing. Uh, cell phones is the same way. You know, we, we used to be the smartphone guys. Now they got the Samsungs and all that coming in all these different things that they've done. I mean, look, last year's best Oscar picture is a movie from South Korea. And so um, my question is, it seems to me like America used to be the king of the boy bands, but they didn't want to change and they just kind of ran it to the ground and then forgot about it. And then Korea kind of picked up the ball. Um, why do you think that? Why do you think that that's like that? Why do you think America was just like, oh, we're done with this. We're going to go something new. And then these guys come along and say, oh, and then everyone's shocked at, oh my gosh, there's still this huge, gigantic monster market for stuff like this. Um, it, 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 I think it makes complete sense. I mean, uh, it, in, in, in the music world in the US, stuff goes in cycles. And you get used to what you're hearing on the radio. You get used to the artists that you know. So if something comes in that sounds familiar, but it's a little bit different, that's already a win. That's that's why that's why I, I by the way I see uh, so Chris Matt, you got Mac Diddy Combs. That's that's why that's why Diddy sampled everything because he knew it's already it was already hot. So I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a little spin on it and bring it back and make another hit because it's already been a hit. So that that to me what you just said. Uh, and I see Bento Box, so I'm not sure what your what your name is, but Joe, Joe, <laughs> Joe. Um, so it, like that speaks exactly to what you just said. It makes 100 percent sense. They're just you know it's a little bit of a twist, 
They're coming in. And I got to say, the work, I, I, from what I've seen anyway, the work ethic that those groups put in was way deeper than what we did. Not that we didn't work hard, because we did. But what I've seen, those jokers are like, I mean, that's like, that's like school every day. You know, it's, it, it's, it's so, so when you have someone working on that craft that hard with that amount of dedication uh, and you have all the other factors coming into play with the good team, with the differences, with, with, with the familiar thing, but the twist, you're going to make a splash as long as you got the money behind you, but the money's, the money's going to be what starts it without that money. They're not going to be there like right now. Kiss FM. Yes. Plays BTS. BTS is in commercials. We were the first group ever. Uh, as an in-studio at KISS FM with JoJo on the radio. I don't know if you, I don't think I mentioned that to you guys, but we were the first group to ever do that. Now that, you know, it's like a common thing. Um, but BTS, they're like commonplace now. And it makes sense. They're working hard. They're working their butts off, you know? And I guarantee you once touring starts happening again, they're going to be grossing. So those tours are going to make so much money. It's going to be insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe in, in evolution. So, I mean, everything is going to evolve into something. And I feel like the, the pop world, the way that we are having this interview, this conversation right now has evolved. And um, I feel like when it comes to Korea in general, I mean, I, I, think, it, I think it's difficult to, to group them all together when it comes to the music, when it comes to movies when it comes to artistry and and dance and everything i i I would love to give them their own separate uh praise because you know it's not just all one thing they really are separate it's so um and i am such a huge fan of anybody having any sort of success just make as much fucking money as you can and um and hopefully we can do it politely and entertain people at the same time very, very true. Um, Chris, go ahead. So, uh, my first, well, actually, my only question I really have, because you were speaking earlier about, like, you know, when you guys first started and where you were performing, and they were performing at, like, bars and stuff like that. And I do stand-up, so I know how tragic that is to try to, you know, do, <laughs> you know, perform your craft in front of a, a, a crowd that gives zero fucks about you. So, mm-hmm. my question is, uh, do you have, like, a really, like, one big bad experience that just sticks out like you no matter what you try to do no matter how many shots you take you just can't forget it oh i did stand up (laughs) three times okay three times it was there there's two there was two times in my life that i was the most terrified of my life one was when no authority sang the national anthem at uh, nascar in front of 60,000 people. 85,000. 85,000 people. Without monitors. No monitors. Like, just like we're talking, like shaking. The second time was doing stand up for the first time in New York City at Gotham. Um, Fuck, yeah. So I understand what you're going through. And I understand. So the first time that I did, I'm I'm coming to the story, I, I promise. Um, the first time I did it, I was like, nope, there's no way. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I did it. My first joke was terrible. I was like, if my first joke lands, I'm good. My first joke landed. It was great. So I had <laughs> the best time. And it was like about 50 people. The second time I did stand up was at like a benefit concert where there was like, you know, hundreds of people there that were like for a great cause. So they had to laugh. 
The third time I did it was a bunch of fucking retards. Sorry, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. I did it's okay. We're recording, recording okay. in a coffee house with like uh. two people and they were judging me. So I understand what you're talking about when it comes to like the craft and, yeah. and you know, and, 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 and sacrificing that. But I truly, I truly, truly believe that if like, and I knew at that moment that that wasn't for me. Yeah. You know, I knew that was not for me. And I feel like if there is just a moment or an opportunity to where you could be like, okay, this is like awful. This is terrible, but I still love it. Yeah. And I still know that like, you know, I could, like at the, at the end of the day, screw fame, screw money, whatever, we're artists, you know? And a lot of people are not capable of understanding what an artist's brain Mm. And the way that you, that you that you try to you know express yourself is so if you are a true artist, then all of that stuff will just come and it will fall into place. And uh, yeah, so that I mean, I, I I knew for myself that like that was not for me, mm. but I know that there are things that I that I that I'm really great at and that I thrive and that I need. And that you enjoy, even when you even when you bomb or you 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 suck, has you know you have a bad day doing whatever it is, you still love it. Yeah, right. And and I think that's like if we're gonna go back to the 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 um, the boy bands and if we're gonna go back to like the packaging of what the entertainment industry is, the one thing as well is that like that I don't think that people. Okay, I'll speak for myself. For me in general, is like. I am an artist, you know? So even though I might be packaged or even though I might be had told to do something when I was a teenager, I am still doing it. Tommy and I are still trying to entertain. No, we are trying to do as much as we possibly can. We're not trying, Eric. We're doing it. We are entertaining. It's okay. happening. It's happening. The media trainer would be pissed. <laughs> we are. That, that's what it comes. I, I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about my art. Is this, so I, I keep seeing the finger and I wasn't, uh, like, I wasn't sure if it was like a weird, like a, someone had an issue with their hand earlier. No. I didn't say anything. No, no, no. But, but now I see other people doing the, the finger. So yeah. is that, that's just like, okay, I got something. I got a, yeah, yeah, like, like, I, got a question. Okay. Or, or, yeah, or, yeah, or, you got have it. a question. Yeah. Got it. And then we're going to uh, move on. So after yeah, this. So Tommy and Eric, thanks for coming on. Um, who are your favorite musical artists right now? Great question. I can't tell you the last time I listened to the radio. I can't. I. I. I, I honestly. It's been. It's probably been years. I, I listened to uh, satellite radio. I, I. You know. I listen to podcasts. Uh, there are artists that I respect. Um, I, I. I do love. Um, I love what the weekend does because I love it, how it how it kind of gives me those '80s vibes. It brings me back to a really really happy time for my life when I was you know. A fetus, right? I was born at seventy nine, so, so I, that, you know, skate, like it just reminds me of being at the skating rink or being, you know, as as like an eight year, you know, out there just, you know, starting to discover uh, a girl, starting to discover what life is like, starting to discover competition, starting, you know, everything. Um, so I, yeah, I I really love that music. Um, outside of that, I'm not I, I'm not really up on on current music. I got to be honest. Well. What a terrible answer, Tommy. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know. Um, it's the worst. It's the worst. That's why I said it. No, um, I I have so much respect for 
um, for like, so it's, and then there's like, you know, an what do you say? There's a vocalists. I like yeah. appreciate somebody's vocal talent that they have. And then also, Eric, you, you can also capitalize. Am I am I cutting? Out? Yeah, you're cutting out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You're you're sounding like a robot. So, oh, so yeah, that means like a cool effect, though. That means that your answer doesn't matter. You really want your your music that you love to, <laughs> to sound like this. Yeah. Yes. Is this Pro Tools? Pro Tools? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's auto-tune. <laughs> I mean, Loki, which you cut now, you Loki sound like some of those new artists that have come out. So <laughs> right, let's write a hit. Yeah, you might get a hit off that. <laughs> you might get signed off this. <laughs> you just got you just gotta put a little you gotta put a little in front of your name. You can be a little stretch and you'll yes, be sir. perfect. Little stretch. I like that little stretch. <laughs> or stretch baby. You gotta put baby in, in your in your uh, title name. Little baby, baby stretch. Yeah, little baby stretch. <laughs> you know. You know. It's funny, Tommy. We talked about this in the Grammy show. How with the pandemic, we think a lot of people reverted back to their comfort music, mm. and that same kind of thing. Whereas not as many people were listening to the new stuff because well, just everything and the stress and all going on. You went back to the stuff that made you feel good. I did the same thing. I haven't heard new a lot of new stuff either lately. Plus, plus, it's not like people are going out discovering new new artists now. You're not going to live shows. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not happening. I'm right there with you, Tommy. Though, like, I don't know any of like the new artists either. I just listen to you know my comfort music, or like you said, you know, satellite radio as well. We all really like that Black Pumas, though. I that know Black I heard Pumas for the first time yeah. show. Yeah, I didn't, I've never heard of them. So is that that's with Eric, right? Eric is in Black Pumas. If you say so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Here's here's a crazy story. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's a fellow named. His name's Eric. Is is the? Oh, the, not this Eric. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Different, different, different. Eric. Um, I met him on the subway. This is back. Um, I mean, he he was just kind of just playing on the subway, and uh, we we just hit it off so well. He came back. We went back to the house. I, I put the grill on. He hung out. He spent the night. We jammed all night. This guy was this guy was cool, man, and he was hungry. So, like when I saw that he was coming up and getting the recognition he deserved, I was very, very happy about the Black Pumas. Uh, yes, I, I, I don't know all the stuff, but I've seen a couple of videos that have been posted, and um, I'm, I'm definitely here for that. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. In my robot. Yes. Yeah. Um, Just a little little bit. Bit. We can't hear you now. <laughs> So your crazy story about well, that? Well, uh, but... I'm just gonna say that if my son, I'm gonna leave. I'll come right back. Yeah, leave, Eric. Get out of here. <laughs> he just so Tommy, that crazy story about your uh, the girl with the tattoo. Yes. So was she blonde, brunette, or some really hot redhead? <laughs> um. Well, there there were a handful. There were some. There were some. Um. You know. If, some of each, a little bit of each, but, but there were a couple of girls, they were, they were really good friends. Uh, and they would always, always show up at stuff. And, and these, uh, these two, I, I don't want to name their names in case they don't want me to say them. I don't know why they wouldn't, but I won't. Uh, but they were, um, they, they would go from city to city, you know? And I was like, don't you realize we're doing the same show? Yes. We'll switch some things up, but you literally just saw this show yesterday <laughs> like you're coming again you're paying money to come watch this again that's, that's yeah, crazy that's wild. That's wild. Um, 
Yeah, who does that, huh, Veronica? Yeah, yeah I, who I does that? I have no idea. I've heard that people do that. Or they go to multiple shows, you know, I don't know. Or they drag their husbands to multiple shows. <laughs> um, Peter, Peter, I was at that concert. You enjoyed it. Uh, I, I realized, I, I think I brought this up last year, that I've seen the, uh, the New Kids on the Block more than I saw Van Allen. Well, in that, my life. that's what I was going to ask, Peter. Who's your favorite boy band? That was actually my next question. I wanted to ask oh, that, yeah. on the panel uh, top three favorite boy bands. Ah. So, please, since Tommy mm-hmm. asked you, let's start with you. I mean, you know, I'm going to be uh, an originalist and say the Jackson Five are always going to be my favorite boy bands. Uh, but, but I think because as of Osmosis, because of Veronica, I, I have grown fairly fond of uh, the new kids, and also because Joey McIntyre did our show, so I have to like them more than most of the other ones. So. And three, three. Oh, three? Oh, God. Then in, in sync. I, I was, I, I, I mean, I don't know why I liked in sync better than Backstreet Boys, but I did. So, yes. Okay, Joe, what yeah, about that, you? Better dance moves. Uh, well, uh, okay, so uh, I guess Backstreet would be number three. Um, uh, geez, because this is really tough. I'm not really huge into the boy band. So, uh, I mean, shocking. Uh, <laughs> well, no, like, I, I guess, I guess in sync would be number two. But, but my number one, absolute. Spice Girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Spice Girls are technically a boy band. They just flip the switch. Uh, they just flip the, uh, that, the script that, on that. One of them. It's a girl band. It's a girl band. Yeah, yeah, it's a girl band that used the boy band formula. And boy, did it work. I love those girls. That's true. Okay, Danny, <laughs> what about you? Um, Number three would be New Edition. Mm. And then number two, I'd go with um, Westlife and number one, NSYNC. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris. Um, okay, so number three would have to be NSYNC because they, they had the better dance moves than Backstreet Boys ever did. And I think the better voices. Uh, number two would probably be The Temptations. I really love The Temptations. I grew up listening to them as, as a kid. Also good dance moves. Yeah, great dance moves. Fantastic mm-hmm. dance moves. And uh, I guess number one would probably have to be Blackstreet. I thought you were going to say no, what, no authority. No, I, I. You know what? I haven't heard you guys' music, but I'm going to listen tonight. I'm going to listen tonight. I'm messing with you. Am I still a robot? Low no. key. Yes. No, you're good. We're a little better. Okay, great. So my turn. I would like to say to all of you, fuck off. How dare you fucking lie to us, you ass. I said, Apples. listen, I said, I'm going to listen to your music tonight. As soon as we're done with the show, I'm going to listen lyrics, to your music. Okay. <laughs> Eric, so Eric you're, you're less robot, but you're still a little bit Max Headroom right now. <laughs> take it. It's, it's a little bit. If, if, it'll, if it'll make you at all happy, Eric, when, when Veronica first told me that you guys were coming on, I, I did listen to um, Can I Get Your Number? And then today when I was editing all the, the packages for the show, I, I had the video on because I because it's been playing here and there on the screen while you guys have been on, and I actually was humming along because I remembered the the the, uh, the tune from the last time I listened to it. Oh no! Oh, oh I'm no. sorry. Are you are you back pedaling? Are you are you now? <laughs> that was a big old back pedal. Um, that was a back I, have, I have to say, Black Street by far like that album was was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic, and and have to give it up to uh, New Kids on the Block. They're the OGs, and like when I when I went from when I went from uh, pop star 
which you guys don't remember, but yeah, pop star, uh, to musical theater, uh, Joey McIntyre was my Fiero when I joined the Broadway cast of Wicked. Oh, wow. So that was really cool. That was really cool. Um, and then obviously, no authority. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to pick yourself. I would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now what? <laughs> would be my number five pick, but no. Also, anything from Motown. I mean, it's it's hard to say. I I, I could never answer that question. I could never answer the question of like favorite singers, favorite because it's hard. All represents. Okay, Eric, you're you're done. You're robot is way too much. You're done. Hush. Hush. Honestly, everything he's saying is beautiful. Everything he's saying is beautiful. All the sentiments he's making are absolutely just wonderful. He's a lovely person. But Eric, you just sound like a robot, dude. And and this is is not good radio. This is not good podcast. You know this. So so that's why. Your three favorites. My favorites would be, for sure, Nuke is in the block. I mean, they they gave me my inspiration to, uh, to one day say yes to the boy band, right? That, that it was actually a show. So you've heard of Say Yes to the Dress? Mm-hmm. I was I was the one that won Say Yes to the Boy Band. That's how No Authority, that's how I joined No Authority. Mm. I'm kidding. I'm oh, you guys oh, like, oh, you guys oh, like oh, really? No. no. We wouldn't know no, no, it's it's okay. no. But, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't know that. I hate how gullible I was. I was like, oh. <laughs> I, was like, oh I, lo- I love that show. I love that show. Was oh. it on MTV? <laughs> so new, kid, new kids, um I would say. Uh, as yet oh yeah um right and i i you know i i I did love some black street i loved um ah you know i gotta go boys to men though i mean i know they didn't i know they didn't dance much uh i gotta go boys to men but you know instinct backstreet all all talented guys all fun music no authority tommy come on (laughs) and 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 of course no authority right absolutely Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so are the Beatles considered a boy band, even though they didn't dance? Well, technically, they're more of a band than we were. So, I I, I can I can kind of answer that question because when I was looking up information for tonight's show, um, Billboard magazine had a list of the hundred best songs by boy bands, and there was three songs by the Beatles on it. So, I guess they and so I guess Billboard feels that they're a boy band. Yeah, so they would definitely be like in my top three: the Beatles, Backstreet Boys, and of course, New Kids on the Block number one so okay. again <laughs> we are here with you i don't understand you gotta remember Jesus. eric we we're like number four we we're like number four for wait here's the his yeah. thing though but here's the thing y'all gotta appreciate that we're not lying to you i agree now you know that we're friends for real we, I we agree. made a connection <laughs> I, I, I promise right. you guys I, so gonna listen to you guys' this music, I am. and I, I am. might get a tattoo. Okay, just saying. Oh, oh, oh! You, 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 Veronica, you are writing a check that you cannot cash. <laughs> I can, I can tell you. Uh, I can tell you for a fact that if you guys get back together and then do a show in Utah, she'll go to it. She's she's done that before. <laughs> Wow. Wow. What a great conversation. We'll talk talk after the show. It's like a challenge. (laughs) I like you very much, but how dare you? (laughs) Yeah. Veronica, I heard heard that there may be games. And, and, you know, on the Bad Boys of Pop, we play 
we play trivia. We, yes, we challenge yes. each other. Well, um, we got one for you. Well, that's going to be, we're moving on to our final segment and we have a game because you guys are on. So in 1986, Madonna had a number one hit with the song Lose That Girl. But tonight, considering who our guests are, Tommy and Eric, we thought that we might play a game in which we ask, who's that boy? And by that, I mean for every Jackson 5, New Kids on the Block, Backstreet Boys, Sync, or BTS, there are a lot of boy bands that had one or two minor hits and then faded away. Let's see how well we can name them. Shit. So Peter is going to play us 15 seconds of the biggest hit of a boy band who might not be that well known, and then we will guess who it is. Do we have buzzers? No, no, no. I just raise your hand. And, uh, <laughs> it's it's okay. a really inexact science, but we'll, we'll get there. Okay. But um, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Uh, you know, for the people who actually have done our games before, we're going to do it slightly different. So I'm going to play 15 seconds of a song, and then if somebody can answer it without giving me without me giving any hints, you get two points. If you if I have to give you a hint and you answer it, you get one point. Um, and the one person I'm not going to go to on screen is Danny because Danny's going to answer every one of these. <laughs> if, if you answer incorrectly, do you lose points? If we, you know, I've done that before, and as everybody else on the screen will tell you, I'm really bad at keeping score. <laughs> so, so let's let's not complicate. Hey, this. No, Look, I have a no. pen today. I have our a scorekeeper. <laughs> Joe's got it. I have a pen. I'm writing things down today. Joe's the backup. Joe's the backup. Write this down. Joe, keep it on. You keep it on. You keep it on. And what's what's the prize? What what are we playing for? You you win. You know, more boy bands than we do. Okay, excellent. You move up in our rankings. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Now, now one thing I will say ahead of time is not one of these bands was named in anybody's favorite boy bands list. So, okay. so this is going to be a little bit more challenging, but it shouldn't be that hard because yeah. these songs are all fairly recognizable. Um, and they, they span from, I think the earliest song on here is 1970. And the most recent song came out, I think, I want to say about six years ago. So, um, so there's a lot in between there. So I'm going to play our first song. Don't anybody yell out the title, but if you know the song, put your hand up and I will come to you. Okay, so here we go. 15 seconds. Oh, I know, I know this. Okay, so now I I will say that, that both... I believe both Eric and uh, Danny came up first. And since Eric is one of our guests, Danny, let's let him go first. So, so Eric, do you know who this is? Oh, I'm sorry. I, my, my Uber driver is here. So I was just like saying hello to, uh, I'll, be, I'll be right there. Okay, so, okay, can I, can I step wait. in for him? <laughs> yes, you, you can feel free. These were actually our labor mates or labor mates, our label mates, 3T. Oh, 3T? And it was... And I would do anything for you. Yes, I would. See, I, I was, I, I, to, to be completely fair here, I threw that one in at the top to make it easier for you because I figured if you were going to know any of these, you would definitely know somebody who was on the same label as you guys. I, I feel um, very attacked right now. So. <laughs> you should. You should. You, you had to have that one in the back. Eric, did you, know, did you know who this was? You were just messing around? Or, or? Yeah, no, it was, it was 3T. The guy had the backpack on for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so, so uh, let's let's go forward here. The yep. next song. Here we go. Baby, when the lights go out, every single word cannot express the love I've been condemned. I'll show you why. 
Could you stop because Tommy's had his hand up since the second the song started. Tommy, who is this? Five, and every single word cannot express the love and tenderness when the lights go out. Okay, so Tommy. When the lights go out. And also, by the way, we we got off the airplane in Heathrow, London, and uh, it was like our first time in the UK, and uh, five were on a different plane, and we all went through customs at the same time. So, like, there was, like, no authority fans, like, during customs. There was the five fans, and they were assholes. <laughs> to the fans? <laughs> no, the, the, the band five, they were dickheads. Aw. Aw. I mean, they were great. They were wonderful. Go buy their album. <laughs> well, there goes our image of five. <laughs> well, we're going to have them on next week. Tommy, you're, you're, you're starting to run away with it already. You, you have four points. Uh, okay, let's go on to our third song. Let's see if somebody knows this one. And, and from now on, I'm going to stop the song when somebody raises their hand. So uh, we probably won't listen to the full 15 seconds. So here we go. You make me so excited And I don't want to fight it I start to blush You are my sugar rush Joe, you know this? <laughs> Joe, Joe. Well, I know the song is called Sugar Rush because they said that. That's that's a given. That's that's the only part that you But but here's the thing, my friend sister knows this band, and that's how I know it. Is this oh, your, your friend's this... sister? No, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> sure. My friend is this... said, yeah. Is this Dream Street? You got it, Joe. <laughs> is it <Dream> <laughs> Did you know the song? I, I, I the the voices sound familiar. I knew who Dream Street was, but I They're didn't know this song. No, I, I was I was so certain that you wouldn't be the one to know this one. I know their song. It happens every time. That's another song that they have. I just thought it was like a little team of Aaron Carters. Yeah, well, no, it was actually like uh, for for the people that don't know who this was. Um, this is the band that uh, that started the career for singer and actor Jesse McCarthy, um, who mm-hmm. had a couple of solo hits afterwards. Yeah, just, um, after his voice changed, I guess. My boy, my boy, uh, Mr. Mig, who actually did, can, he, he produced and wrote Can I Get Your Number, as well as I'm telling you this and a couple other songs on the North Hoodie record. He did a lot of stuff with Dream Street back in the day. So, okay. Yeah. So did they you got, know that this was Dream Street, or, or, or did you not know until Joe brought it up? I didn't know that was Dream Street. I, I I thought it was just a, you know a bunch of little Aaron Carters, like I said. I, I know who Dream Street, I know who they are, but I did not know that was them. I can't even pretend. Okay. Well, again, like I said, I I try to make sure that these weren't going to be too obscure. So every one of these songs was at least a top forty hit um, at some point. That's fair. Uh, so okay, so we're going on to our next song. Here we go again. If you if you know it, raise your hands. Where do you go? Danny, you got already. So wait, who is it, Danny? No mercy. Where do you go? That's correct. It's it's no mercy. Where do you go? One of the most obnoxious songs ever. I know. Where do you go? It sounds like it. I feel oh, like I, I feel like I've already seen the music video and, and I hate it. Played it every five minutes on the radio. It's a whole cool song. I have to ask how many questions are there because I need to, I need to get my strategy together here. There's 15 altogether. 15 questions, 15 songs. And so yeah, we're on. We're on to song number five. Mm-hmm. Would be next. And um, but but yes, that was no mercy. <laughs> I don't know why would they be no mercy. I I, I was wondering that when I was because of the salad they were putting. They out. were no big, They ears. were big big uh, Cobra Kai fans. 
<laughs> Clearly. <laughs> okay. Right. So here's song number five. This is actually one I, I really like. So here we go. She's staying hard to get. Oh, oh, God damn it. God damn it. Oh. Chris, Chris, you seem to have Chris, your hand Chris, up first. Chris had it first. Oh, I know I'm going to get this wrong. Is it uh, Imogen? Mm, that is incorrect. Fuck! Okay, now, Danny, uh, now this is a tough thing, because, Danny, you sort of had your hand up. I had my hand up. But, okay, so you did you always have your hand up, or were you kind of like, uh, I think I know what I think. Oh, I know. Okay, now, I know. D- Danny I can have it. Danny because, can have it. But then I started putting it down, because Chris started to go back down. Okay, but, so, so Danny, what is this? High five. No, it's not high five. That is high five. Is it high five? Oh, oh, Chris, the, the, ki- the kissing game, right? The kissing game. No, this She's is actually uh, this is actually she played, playing hard to get. Playing hard to get, uh, which is also by the, the kissing game is by high five. High five, five. Yeah. yeah. That's the only song I know of them. Real top. I knew this. I hear the verses though. I can hear I the can't voices. Can't wait another minute. Let's get your shit together. I know. Okay, let's move on. So, so right now, Dave and Tommy are tied with four points each, and Joe's got two. Okay, here we go on to song number. <laughs> Got to get on the board. Song, song number six. Here we go. Oh, okay. I had a feeling you might know this one. Why? Because I'm Mexican. Menudo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, it is. And what song is it? Um, is it "Hold Me"? No, that is yeah. correct. Hold me, yeah. yeah, that that's correct. <laughs> For a second, I, I mean, thought, here's the thing. Joe you try to it. get on him for being the stereotypical, but you knew Wait, the fucking two song. Mexicans raise your hand. <laughs> I, had to, I, I was so close. I was like, I know this song. You're like, yo, look, my girlfriend's sister knows this. <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend's sister had their poster in their in her room, uh-huh. and I think I remember walking in and seeing it. You guys, you guys think I had a girlfriend in, in that, at that time period? You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> And I, if, if, if for some bizarre reason nobody knew this, my the question was going to be, uh, the one thing I'm certain of about this band is that every member of the group was under 18 years old. Would that have then gotten... gotten uh, to the, the oh, point? yeah. Yeah, okay, because everybody... Like, in Menudo, for eternity. And, and for Always under 18. Know, Ricky Martin was in Menudo when this yeah. song was popular. This was their only um, English album, if, I, if I'm correct, I believe. Okay, so here we go on to song number seven. Veronica on the board. This is very exciting. This is this would be the newest of the songs on on here uh, from a few years back. Wait, am I the only one not on the board? I, I wasn't looking up, so I'm going to go to Eric first because I thought I kind of saw Eric's hands before I saw Danny's. One Direction. No, sorry, that's not what? it. Danny. A wanted, glad you came. That is correct. I know the song. I don't know the band. So Danny now has six ungling. points. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. This is this is song number number eight. Song number eight. A good song too. Here we go. Do we have to give the song to? I mean, yeah, it's, it, yeah, you, you don't have to give the song artist and song. But uh, let, let's see, Danny, what is it? Oh, my heart by the boys. Oh, yes, you're right. We had a routine to this song back in the day. You had a routine. Do you want to show yeah. us some of the routine? Like no, I don't. Give us a little. 
Just give us, give I us really like their show on Amazon. Hey, Eric just did it. Like, legit. We had those <laughs> words on there. Turn your camera off now, sir. You are off the show, sir. You are out of control. Okay, well, Danny is now taking a commanding eight-point lead. He's eight to four over Tommy and... Veronica and Joe are, are a little bit behind the two points after that. This next one, I, I think might have been too easy, but I threw it in here. I, well, actually, the next two are really easy. So let's I'm see. Let your boy get on the board. Let me just get on the board. Yeah, okay. So, so, Daddy, why don't you sit on your hands and then have to take them up? Like, yeah, I'm good. Be, no, no, no. He's just, I, no I, mean, stay I, stay I feel stay like stay I'm going to hit play and Daddy's hand is already going to be up. Okay, here we go. One Direction! City of Angels. Oh, oh wait. Wait, wait, I I believe Tommy did raise his hand first. Ah! LFO, think I felt the girl on TV. Yes, that is correct. The one I knew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, he's chasing Danny down. He's the one chasing I Danny knew. down. Coming for you, Danny. Chris, you might you might know this oh, one because Tommy. this is actually this is another one of my favorites. So here we go. One let's, direction. Let's, <laughs> let's let's go. This is definitely not gonna be one direction this next one. Damn it! Okay, Chris. Chris has hit the first. Finally, it is so for real. Candy Rain. That is correct. <laughs> One of the most obnoxious <laughs> songs ever. Obnoxious? How dare you, sir? How dare you, sir? Sorry, that song is not fire. It is fire. It is super fire. <laughs> you tell me right now. If you play Candy Rain right now, I guarantee you, everybody starts singing that motherfucker. How dare you? It's candy. It's candy fire. Candy fire. Candy fire. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, so that fire. that puts Chris on the board with two points. Uh, so so it's Danny with eight, Tommy with six, Veronica, Joe, and Chris all with two. Yeah. Eric, I'm sorry, you're still yeah. still not on the board yet. Yeah, I'm winning. Come on, stretch. This is not golf. <laughs> I have the least amount of points. I'm winning. Come on, little stretch. Little stretch. Come on, little baby, little baby on, stretch. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Here's our next song. This one might also be fairly simple if you if you know the band. Where's the love? It's oh, wait, Tommy. Oh, I got it. I know that one. <laughs> Tommy, he caught his hand up first. It's, it's, it. it, it's Hanson. Where's love? Hanson. That is correct. Yeah. It's Hanson. Oh, he's tied it up. He 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 tied on the, same album, on the album no, uh, uh, Middle of Nowhere. Uh, well, it wasn't their most popular hit. It wasn't. No, well, if I put Mbop on, yeah, you would all know. That's true, that's true, that's true, that's true. Peter, I, <laughs> I, I, I need that kind of stuff. I, I need, like, the, like, you know, I, I need the- <laughs> Eric is like, just give me two points. Just let okay. me take. Let me just let me taste well, the point. Here's, here's <laughs> the oldest, the oldest let song. Taste on, the point. On How much for a lick? On, so, so Joe, this one might fit you because I think you were probably bored around the song time this song came out, Joe. Here we one go. Tommy. Uh, what? Well, first of all, Aaron Carter did it later on. Okay, but that's not what we're asking. Ooh, I know. I think we're. Okay. I think we're going for the Osmonds. Uh, okay, what's the song? One bad apple. That's true. That's You're right. What it and was. You I took the lead. Wow, Danny, he's beating you. <laughs> well, technically, that first time I did raise my hand first, but you went with him because he's already. No, 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 right. no. I, no, ah, no I, I, I got to be fair. Tommy's hand was up way faster than yours. Not that first time. Danny throwing that shit. Maybe your arm, Danny, maybe your arm still hurts from your vaccination. You couldn't get it up as fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't get it up as fast. 
Ew. Okay, that we'll move hurt, up to song number 13. This is clearly a fight between two people. So let's see. Song number, thir- song number 13. Let's see who, who gets this one. Veronica! <laughs> the guy's next door. What's the name of the song? Um, I've been waiting for you. That is correct. The video had a monkey in it, and I used to watch that video. They used to have a Saturday morning show called The Guys Next Door, and I was so in love with one of the guys in it, and I, I would watch that video over and over again. So I feel like Joey Lawrence should have been that if he wasn't. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Okay, so we're moving door. on to song number 14. We only have two more left, Danny. If you want to try and catch up to Tommy right now, here you go. Here's song number 14. Can't hear it. Can't play it again. I can't hear it. Danny's got it. He's ready. Danny's Danny. What is it? Wait. He's the only one that has that. Danny. He's the only one. Okay, it's Troop. What's the song? Spread My Wings. That is correct. Oh! Oh, It's it's a tie. It's a tie. So wait. You're not allowed to to get that. And and how wait, Danny, you could hear it, but Joe couldn't. Joe, why why couldn't Joe hear? Was it like a, a no? Like, it, it cut out for a second. It cut out for a little bit. It was yeah. a little possible. Okay, yeah. well, here comes our last track, and really, again, it's this is a battle between two people, and so let's see mm-hmm. if either one of them can get this. Oh, well, Danny, put your hand down. Look, Danny's got Danny's cheating. Danny's like, cheating. My, my hands up. Oh yeah, you're cheating, Rick. I saw what you were doing, Danny. Your head's not itching. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Our final question. Here we go. One, one two, three. Oh, Big time rush, boyfriend. That's correct. You won. Oh, Is that, was that technically a come from behind victory? It wasn't. It wasn't come from behind victory. But I mean, really, could you call knowing the fact that that song was by Big Time Rush of Victory? Danny, you beat you've beaten an actual boy band member in this challenge. So <laughs> I got the right stuff. You do have the right stuff. Congratulations. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't watch enough Nickelodeon over the past fifteen years. Apparently, yeah, no shit. Because I didn't know. Who the fuck I didn't was. know. Yeah, most of those. I only know because I remember um, that song was played during Dancing with the Stars when Carlos Pinavega was on it. <laughs> Eric, though, Eric really represented today. Yeah, uh, you guys. No, I, I do all of them, and I just wanted to make sure that you guys felt more comfortable than I did when you were telling me us about what it was no see, what it was what it is eric is you were so dedicated to no authority that you didn't give a fuck about all these other bands you were only concentrating <laughs> on your band eric's creating a safe space right it's a safe space yeah. for people to feel good so he didn't want to try to make yeah. people feel bad i couldn't agree more and also um <laughs> go fuck yourselves <laughs> <laughs> with that being said <laughs> we're going to say goodbye tonight Tommy, Eric, thank you guys so much for joining us and for coming on TMI. Uh, I also want to mention that your podcast, 
The yes. Bad Boys of Pop is found yes. on all major podcast streaming services, correct? Yes. And that is correct. also your live podcast um, happens on Mondays at 420. Is that That's right. I've got all the info then. So I wanted to make sure we share that with our viewers and our listeners. Veronica, I just just want to say, I know I've been like taking the piss out of everything, but uh, I want to thank you so much for having us here. We really appreciate it. And you guys, it's so nice to meet everybody and what a really, really great time. So likewise. Thank you. And please come back anytime. We we mean it. It's yeah, been a lot usually, of fun. We usually do crazy uh, trivia games on Friday. So if you're ever available on a Friday, you want to join us there. You know, Peter, it, it, it's funny. Um, Veronica, I told you this. I remember a little over a year ago. I actually, I think, I think I sent in an audition for TMI Hollywood for the stage show. <laughs> really? I was yes. Yeah. Did I yeah, tell Veronica, you? Yeah, Veronica, what was up with that? I wasn't. I, I don't know. <laughs> look, no, look. I'm, I'm totally kidding. There were no, there were no, 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 no. That's. That's totally, you got to yell at Peter for that one. That's not Veronica. Oh, Peter, <laughs> listen, Peter, Peter listen, rejects okay. Tommy, Tommy, I promise you right now, if, if anybody here is, is on the, who's on the screen, other than Danny, who, they've all been in auditions, watching other people, and the minute anybody auditioned for us walks out, they usually laugh at them and say, fuck that guy. So, I know we're nice. We take this, let's talk about this after the show. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Here at 6 p.m. We'll see you tomorrow night. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Stay safe. Veronica, love you. Peter. Uh